0: Hello and welcome to It's a Gundam, the internet's best episode-by-episode Gundam Seed podcast that finished Gundam Build
1: Fighters and decided to reconquer the next real Gundam series. My name is Jeremy. My Norado Nug. This is not a non-sequitur. I'm Tyler. My name is Zach. There's political intrigue in this episode for, a like, three to four minutes, and I'm actually very into it. I just wish I knew what anyone was politically intriguing about.
2: There's also
0: some Spider-Man-ass physics that Gwen Stacy is jealous of. That happened at one point in this
2: episode. <laughs> I believe you, I just currently cannot think of exactly what they are.
0: Before we get into that, though, there's something I wanted to ask you last week, Tyler, and completely forgot about, so I'll ask it now in an episode where it's not relevant. You have posited that Ida and Belry might be related in a Star Wars-like fashion, which would be very Gundam, and explain why they can both pilot the G-Self. How do you think Roria fits into that relationship? Well,
1: she's from space. Everyone from space can pilot, pilot a G-Type.
0: Uh, so do you think Bellary and Ida are from space?
1: No, but they might have leftover space genes. I'm not really sure what happened to this world such that it ended up where it is, but... Maybe
0: Turn-A-Gundam, but probably not. Turn-A-Gundam happens after this question mark.
2: <laughs> I was about to ask, does Turn-A happen after this? Tomino has
0: been inconsistent when asked. All <laughs> so I So know... yes,
2: the answer is yes, happens before or after this. All I know for certain is that Wing happens before Turn-A-Gundam. Yeah, I think because wh- they have shots in turn a Gundam of, I believe it's the sand rock on a monitor. And they're like, look how shitty the world was. There <laughs> is an
0: interview with Tomino and one of the other head writers for this series where the head writer says, yeah, this happens after turn a Gundam. And Tomino says, no, it doesn't. And he's like, what? No, that's what we said. He's like, Tomino's like, no, Giga or turn A Gundam happens after everything. And he's like, but during writing, we are like, Tomino's like, nope, it happens after everything.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Oops. <laughs>
1: okay. That explains a lot. <laughs> Does it? May- well, maybe, I don't know.
0: So we are watching episode nine of Rico and Gista in G this week. The Megafauna
1: Heads South. Such an action-packed <laughs> title. Is that the worst
0: title we've had for an
1: episode so far in any series? I can't uh, think of a worse one. It's certainly up like if it is not the worst, it's certainly in the top five.
2: Build divers might have had a worse one. Mostly because I have purged most all knowledge of Build Divers from my memory. Yeah,
0: gun to my head, I could not tell you the title of one episode of Gundam Build Divers, but, but I don't th- remember commenting on any of them being especially
2: bad. Actually, I think I can tell you what the first one is, because I think it's Welcome to GBN. That sounds right. That, that's only bad because GBN is bad. Mostly because I think we went on like a long tangent when we initially talked about it, how someone cocked up the subtitles. So it said, like, GBD on the actual subtitles, despite the fact that it was actually in English, correct, on the slide. Yep.
0: That's the best. Uh, So, okay, so Rari is just a space person, and all space persons can pilot g selves. They learn at 16.
1: Yep. That's what you're going with. Okay. Yeah, this was actually her her, uh, first mission. She just really screwed up going out into g cell for the first th- time. This
2: was actually her with a learner's permit?
1: Yeah, basically. It, it was her getting her requisite 40 hours of space combat.
2: I'm just thinking about how funny it would be if
0: she was taught, yeah, you don't need a spacesuit on Earth. You'll be fine. They have air there. because she, th- so like, she did wear one. Because they just didn't understand. Like They're like, yeah, there's way more air in the upper atmosphere than there is here in space. You'll be fine. And she's like, <laughs> hacking. <gasps>
2: Jesus Christ! <laughs> Why didn't they warn me? They lied to me. You know weirdly that actually kind of tracks like that actually makes some sense yeah I'll they have air there but they don't actually mention the fact that it gets much 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 thinner as you go higher and higher in the atmosphere I'll it's th- just in for, as far as they're concerned it's just a checkbox has, air, has yes. air
1: yes although i think we do get confirmation in this episode i think question mark that there are people from space on earth so they should definitely know better there are some of them i think there are there but- uh, K- Colonel R- Rumpista, I always... Rusita. Com-
2: Compa Rusita.
1: Compa Rusita. Com- um, Colonel Compost. <laughs> um, <laughs> does call, uh, people Earthnoids, which implies probably he does not consider himself one.
0: Uh, yeah, I, it was right around here I started to suspect that he
1: was from space.
0: I think it might have been slightly earlier and I didn't mention it because now I know, now I know he's stuff. he's
2: just a self-hating
0: Earthnoid.
1: Yeah, it's just weird that he would even use that term at all. All our Otherwise. souls being
0: weighed down by gravity. I think that's it. Uh, we are watching Re and and G it's the story of Bellary, a cadet in the Capitol guard who got kidnapped by a sexy pirate lady. whose mentor. He, he shot killed. and killed. Uh, so now he's on her team. That's how that works. Also with him is Naredo Nug, his best childhood girlfriend, uh, there's a hyphen there. It's not one word. And, <laughs> and, and Rariya, the chick who fell from space with the Gundam. She got the oxygen deprivation, though, and is still acting pretty loopy.
2: So is Rariya just, like, gender-flipped Hero Yui?
0: She's way more interesting than Hero Yui. <laughs> <laughs> you
2: got to remember, Belry didn't just kill Ida's mentor. He also killed his own mentor that happened a little while later. later. I-, I was getting to that.
0: Uh, also, there's Colonel Re- C- Re- Co- Colonel Compost. He decided that the Capitol Guard weren't good enough and made the Capitol Army and recruited Belry's old teacher, who Belry then also shot, and also Belry's senpai, Luan Lee, who he's like, here, wear this mask so no one who n- will know who you are. And Lou and Lee's girlfriend joined the army to be like, hey, that's my boyfriend in a mask.
2: Wait, hang on. <laughs> it- Lu and Lee is
0: mask? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Manny said he's definitely mask. We can trust Manny, can't we? I mean, of
2: course we can. She's a cheerleader. But I didn't know this. Also, girl power. Spoilers. <laughs> Let's see. What else? Bellary is currently sapping oh. all of Ida's mobile suit power, oh. or mobile suit ability to pilot.
0: Uh, also, Clem Nick, a genius, and Mick Jagger are there. <laughs>
2: What's her name? Just Mick, Mick Jack. Mick Jack. <laughs> Mick Jack.
0: Yeah, Mick Jack is parenthesis E-R. <laughs> <laughs> They're there. Nick is the president's son and a genius. That's very important. Mick Jack but, is but him maybe and
2: his girlfriend, him I mean and Mick Jack have decided that they're going to currently leave the plot. Yep. They get kicked but out this episode. They're too competent for, the, for these episodes, so they're like, all right, we're leaving.
0: They're the, like, the they the really good characters. You don't gain any XP if they keep fighting, so now they have to go to the sideline.
2: Oh, <laughs> yeah, that makes sense.
0: Also, Belry's mom and Ida's dad are there because it's take your parent to war day. <laughs> I just, dad showed some photos of the moon that have some mysterious objects there and is like, this is why we need space battleships in case someone comes from the moon to blow up the Capitol Tower.
2: But taking pictures of the moon and the stars is against the taboo. Yeah, it, it is a quasi-religious question mark? Taboo. I don't think it's quasi-religious, Tyler.
1: I, I, I'm i just not sure if they consider it a religion or not. They have the space pope. I think it counts. No, oh, that's fair. They do have a space pope. Actually, he's an earth pope specifically. <laughs> But for the space religion. Yeah, he is an earth pope for the space religion. It's
0: that a space is... tower religion, really.
2: So he's a space earth pope. Uh, he is the man who can bridge the wor- the two worlds. Who knows Naredo for some reason, but we don't know why. This it... hat of
1: mine is the hat that will pierce the heavens. Yeah,
2: he doesn't this... have a rat hat, though. Uh, no. This
1: never comes up. The pope's last name is Nug.
0: Oh. Huh. <laughs> this never comes up. Oh. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do with that information what you will.
2: Well, I guess that would explain why he knows her and why she seems to know him and is comfortable around him.
0: He also just seems to perv on the cheerleaders a lot, though, so maybe that's why.
2: Yeah, he's well, that just might a be big fan. Maybe that's why she's such a uh, so comfortable around, is that he's just her uncle. So I'm, she's like, goddammit, pervy old Uncle Space Pope, leave. Yeah. Do, do we ever get
1: a name for him? No. He's just the Space... The he, SU Cortism Pope. He has a name
0: on the Gundam wiki, which is how I know this. <laughs> And I, I can only trust oh, the Gundam Wiki to Well,
2: know I mean this. it means he has more name than executive officer. Uh man,
1: his name is uh he should sell a product um, because he has an alias on here. Um would he, would you like to take just a random guess, Zach? Um it's related Hireto? to Retto? Uh it's related to soap, perhaps. Detergent? Is his name Detergent Nug? Uh Gel Trimasdistus Nug. Gesundheit. Uh, Otherwise known as Pope Gel. (laughs) I feel like you should be selling Pope Gel. Oh, wait, never mind. I take it back. (laughs) To the cheerleaders?
0: (laughs) Is there anyone or anything we forgot? I think that covers it. Uh, We forgot the most important person on on the megafauna.
2: They're currently on board the megafauna. Yeah. Danielle, executive officer,
0: Gisela, Steer, Hapa, Adam Smith. Executive officer is who I was
2: going to call. I mentioned executive officer and his... Hawaiian shirt and cargo shorts. <laughs>
0: so you can tell he's an executive actually, officer.
2: I don't think he actually is wearing a Hawaiian shirt. No. He's got Hawaiian shorts on, but we've called him a Hawaiian shirt. Yeah, no, it's just like a pink button up.
1: It's not a floral print or anything.
2: No, but his, his, his shorts definitely
0: are. Also, the seamstress and I think there's a nurse on the megafauna too.
1: Yeah, which I only learned of, I think, in this episode I because he- I was I had no idea who she
2: was. <laughs> I think you named the nurse, but I don't know if you did or not. No, I don't know the the nurse's name. The same person as the seamstress.
0: No, they're different people. They're in the same room together at one point.
1: Oh, boy. Man, the people on the (laughs) megafauna have the best names. What is hers, Nurse Kirin Kim? (laughs) Her name is Kirin. I mean, that's a fine name. That's not bad. That's a name real people have. Kirin
0: people. Yeah, I mean, that's like a little bit subtle, though, especially if you're Japanese. That's fair. I mean, it's better than steer. What do you do? I steer. Yeah, that's the name I want a character in fiction to have. <laughs> like, I want it to be a pun that I don't get until two years later when I'm thinking on it. Okay, that's fair. Shall we wa- go ahead and watch this episode? The Megafauna heads it. south. You can watch it if
2: you know the way. Well, hopefully this doesn't take the series oh. south with it.
1: Man, I even put a note in my notes. I'm like, oh, well, I guess we're, like they were going through Venezuela. They were in the Caribbean. They go past Angel Falls. They're heading south. It didn't occur to me that the name of the episode is They're Heading South.
2: <laughs> Congratulations, Tyler, on being the most observant member of the podcast. So I guess we're starting in the uh, like megafauna's base of operations? The, the Caribbean Research Laboratory.
0: We start with Klimnik and Mick Jack leaving, and, ta- and Mick Jack takes all of the female competence with her. <laughs>
1: And also the armor g- gazon. armor
2: Zagan. That's why I that said we got We
0: had to put it on that list because it was flying off into the sky, never <laughs> to be seen again.
2: And uh, what's it called? Un- Klim Nick did not take his Montero with him.
1: Well, yeah, that's because he got into the uh, co-pilot seat of the armor Zagan.
2: So uh, Rariah comes barging into the bridge, followed by Naredo and Bellry, and um, she seems to be having like some sort of weird breakdown.
0: And Bellary's mom is like, hey, take her outside and do that. It's very rude to just run randomly onto the bridge where the adults are
2: talking. We're guests on this ship.
1: To which Bellary apologizes like he could control the brain damaged person he's taking care of, I guess.
0: And both Ida and Danielle give him like, that's rough buddy type looks. (laughs) And Ida never sympathizes with Bellary.
2: I mean, it seemed kind of like when he does like the apology, it seems more like he's mocking her. Of giving this apology than actually giving it seriously.
0: But it's like that teenage mocking, right? It's not over the top. It's doing what you're told and have always done, but doing it with just a bit of sass.
2: Yes. And then he asks her if she has uh, asked the inspector general about something.
0: And Bellary's like, hey, so instead of entering the capital with an F-Rug, we want to do it with the megafauna? And Ida's like, what are you thinking? And Bellary's like, well, if there really is a threat from space, then the army and Ameria should cooperate against it.
1: And the best way to do that is a bring a warship into their territory.
2: It's weird because, like, Ida gets really close, like, apparently gets really close to him because Bellary like, looks at her and takes a step away. I read
0: this as, like, she's not that close, but she's very hot and she's just close enough to make Belry uncomfortable. It's Cause the, the way the
2: shot is framed makes it look like she's very close.
0: Because the next, like, six times we see Belry, he is just staring at her until Ida, like, looks at him and is like, what? <laughs> So Ida's dad's like, yeah, if the Pope would give us some sp- space threat reports, that would help us out a lot. But Bellary's mom is like, yeah, the space Pope doesn't know, it, hasn't told me anything,
2: though. And uh, Rariah and Naredo are here. Yeah, on the board. On on on, on the bridge, just sitting on, like, seats. We I, actually... I, yeah, I, ha- I don't know why I hadn't internalized that. Bellary's just literally staring at Ida.
1: Yeah, to the extent that, she, like, she's giving a... Fairly logical argument of, like, you know, here's how things could go that makes this plan not suck.
0: With some clutch exposition about how the world works.
2: Yep. I kind of just assumed that the reason why he was staring at her when I watched this originally was that she seemed to be actively, like, supporting his, like, his idea. Like, he just assumed she would immediately go against his idea because it is his idea. I mean, that
0: could be, but given Rariah and Naredo's reaction when Bellary is shot down, I do not think that is what's going also, on. Also, no,
2: no, and and especially after what happens in the next episode as well, like, that reinforces what you're pointing out, but my brain just did not click and fire on that particular cylinder, apparently.
1: On a, on a scale from one to Chachumi, how cute is Rariah sticking her tongue out <laughs> at Bellary?
2: Co- copying
1: Naredo. It's so cute. Rariah's <laughs> yeah, jo- like...
0: I feel like the next couple of episodes is the most boring stretch of Reconquista NG. Movie two is really, really a low point, I feel. And I didn't want to say that over the last two episodes because you guys were positive on them. And I did like the way they connected. But we're in for some real just like, okay, some stuff happens. And the silver lining is Rariah is at peak Rariah cuteness throughout it. <laughs> so we got that to look forward to at least.
2: I do like the the Nobel also like <laughs> glaring at Belry.
0: So Ida's dad, who is the inspector general, I don't think we've mentioned that,
2: does say,
0: hey, Danielle, could we like fly below radar with this? And he's like,
2: yeah, but it really chews through our battery power. And Bellary's mom like, once we make land, I can make a landline call and get an escort for us.
1: Is the megafauna entirely battery powered? Can it recharge itself? My guess
2: is that it is photon battery powered because that is specifically what they bring in a little bit. And they do reference the fact that they cannot take them apart, so I do not believe they recharge.
0: Yeah, this is never really clearly stated,
1: but everything is photon battery powered. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, that That is actually like a thing that this world kind of establishes, but... What yeah. also
2: means that the whole, like, uh, take back their amount of... Yeah, cutting photon their battery, photon batteries. Yeah, cutting their photon batteries and all that actually makes a lot of sense, and why the capital seems to have so much power, because they are distributing the photon batteries.
0: And it's why Ida wants to cover the world in solar powers, because she's big on energy independence. That's her entire ethos, as far
1: as I can tell. So, uh, Steer turns the ship around. I like how the bridge crew just, like, leans into it. It's
2: quite funny. I don't think that was in, uh, English, but, like, most of the rest of her lines actually are, and it threw me for a loop when I'm like, that was, again, just straight up English.
0: So much of her dialogue is English, and I want to steer soundboard so bad. There's one line she has in the final episode that I just—I can't wait for it, guys. It's so
2: good. Well, and she sounds like a native speaker. That's what threw me off so much about it.
0: I mean, she might be. It's not super weird for an uh, English actor to get work in Japan. It doesn't happen a lot. Uh, but in uh, Cop Ranger vs. Thief Ranger, which is not what that's called, the Cop Rangers boss is a, an American actor, so it's there's just a black man in the Super Sentai show giving them orders.
2: It, it just feels weird because I don't know that I've run across many of them that actually have native speakers. Voiced by Michelle Payne in the Japanese version. Well, that certainly sounds like an that what, sounds like, like
1: an American who, name. Yeah.
0: So Hoppa's like, so I guess we have a Montero, but we have no nameless dudes to put in this Montero. They all go in the grimoires. So I don't
2: know. Shouldn't we do something with it? Well, the Montero has a little label on it that is must be this genius to pilot.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's actually too complicated for Belry, is the problem. I was wondering why they didn't send him out in it later. Well, he's in the G-Self, so. Uh, I'm sorry, later being next episode.
0: We get some exposition about how allegedly Klim, Nick and Mick, Jack left to be decoys, and not just because they were too good for this show.
2: And then executive officer lets us know that they shook their pursuers.
0: And Bellrays mom asks if Nick's returning home because of pressure from the president, but the general is like, "No, it's for matters related to the space operations."
2: I find it amusing that Bellrays mom and the inspector general seem to be standing around or sitting around like a coffee table on the bridge, drinking. I presume is is coffee based on the diplomat seat.
1: I love this scene where we cut to some random woman working in her house and she hears her kids screaming and she goes outside to tell them to shut up. And then she starts screaming because she's like, That's a goddamn warship right over there. (laughs) There are like six of them in the world and that's one of them. (laughs) It's one of the warships of all time.
2: Meanwhile, we cut. I I love the shots of the megafauna just around some dude like driving a cargo and some goats. We have talked. Just around the world.
0: We have talked about how Ghibli movie. Reconquista in G is, is this the most Ghibli movie episode thus far?
2: I'm gonna have to believe either one of you on that, because I have literally never seen a Ghibli movie. I saw say- the fourth Evangelion <laughs> movie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Technically true. No, I'd say it's up there, but it's missing the vibes of a Ghibli movie, I, I, I think.
0: Like, the goat's on the ground with this guy with the megafauna over them. Definitely it seems... that. that. And seems then we like get a, a co- shot of
1: capybaras in the water. Yep. And one of the Grimoire pilots.
0: Oh, uh, that one has a name. Should I spoil it? <laughs> is it g- grim?
2: <laughs> yeah, the two the two
0: later are grim and more.
2: He's like, "Wow, that's a heron." And we see that the the director is heading out, and it's uh, Bellry, Raya, Naredo. Bellry's mom is that the I don't know who, that's the, who's the nurse on the back of apparently. Kieran, the nurse. Oh, uh, that's Kieran.
1: Yeah, and she's like, "You wouldn't recognize me because I haven't worn this outfit
0: yet." And Naredo's like, "Hey, Ida, this is just between you and me, but Bell was a foster child. I just thought." You should know that. Why are you
2: sharing this?
0: (laughs) Also, I don't know
1: any details. Okay, thanks. And then Mariah hits her on the back of the head for speaking out of
2: appropriate context. She accidentally hits Naredo on the back of the head with chuchumi. (laughs) Naredo is like Mariah's minder. Yep. Yep. And then we cut to this
0: farmhouse with these fish, and Bellary's mom is negotiating with this guy about making a collect call. <laughs> like again, can you imagine something more Ghibli movie? I'm pretty sure this happens in Ponyo.
2: <laughs> I, I mean, I'm, I'm just thinking about this, and this is one of those things where, you know, the fact that long distance calls being expensive nowadays is just kind of like, yes, okay, but now, <laughs> but I could totally see people going like, wait, what do you mean it's going to be expensive? <laughs>
1: And then Ida b- offers to buy all of his chickens. And
0: Karen's like, also all of your fish, please.
2: And, and he's, he's like... like, I need to get a calculator.
1: <laughs> and then the chicken immediately breaks out of the box that they shoved them all into.
0: And Varia freaks out, afraid that they're going to eat chuchimi since they've bottled the fish.
1: I-, I do like that Belle's mom is like, huh, could this be a convenient political marriage? My son and Ida? <laughs>
0: I think she's afraid of that. Not. I think that she's a Cersei Lannister when it comes to politically ah. marrying her children rather than a Robert Baratheon.
2: <laughs> we get a shot of Ida complaining about the ship not being stabilized.
1: And Bell's like, well, we gotta try launching an unstable space because we never know when
2: we might get attacked.
1: That does happen a lot. Usually when we least expect it. And apparently they have autopilot on these mobile suits, but Minoski particles screw that up.
2: And evidently there's so much turbulence as... Uh, Ida's dad asks about it because there's so much wind. Well,
1: they're going slow, so they can't just, like, plow through it.
2: But unfortunately, Bellary's mom
1: gets airsick.
0: And complains about this is how spaceships led to human ruin.
2: <laughs> Which is pretty funny, actually. And then turns down the barf bag that Ida's, mo- Ida's dad offers her.
0: And Bellary's mom was like, yep, I called the Capitol Guard to lead us through so we could avoid the army. Further cementing they are different forces. The seamstress starts complaining about how they have so many political hostages and they still have to be on the lookout for an attack.
2: Feels so weird that the seamstress is the one in charge of their spacesuits. She's using high quality space thread. Naredo
0: gets upset that everyone's calling it uh, enemy territory. And Ida formally apologizes and calls her Naredo Nugson. And she's so (laughs) taken by this. Cut back to the bridge where Ida's dad is trying to question Bellary's mom about Colonel Reseda and him knowing the Rose of Hermes blueprints. Unfortunately, he's in Nguisa in G, and thus the subject <laughs> is immediately changed before any answer can be given. To hey, the are
1: those
2: the Angel Falls?
1: And I'm like, oh, I know where the Angel Falls are. They're like in this part of Venezuela. Um, So I'm chart. i like, oh, they must be going south. And this is when I realized the episode title.
2: But they aren't the Angel Falls. They're not the Angel Falls. Executive officer specifically says that. It's just there are a lot of falls in this area that look like this.
1: There are actually near the Angel Falls. A lot of falls that look like the Angel Falls. Falls.
0: Anyway, Bellary starts mansplaining some exposition to Ida and then apologizes for giving the audience any uh, exposition
2: at all. (laughs) And Ida is confused. She's like, but the audience doesn't know any of that. She does seem to be cooling on Bell a bit. Like, she doesn't seem to actively hate him as much anymore.
0: Yeah, she gives him a look that might even be affectionate when they are suddenly random encountered.
2: Wild mask appeared.
0: Anyway, Ida tries to fly up to face them. Unfortunately, she fails her fly check.
2: Executive officer looks actively offended that, there's, that they spread <laughs> Minovsky particles. I did not notice previously the guy in the shot that is just like, Cradling a fire extinguisher like it's his, emo- his it's emotional support fire extinguisher.
0: That character must have a name because he's always in the background doing stuff. Earlier, he fell down. He's the guy who pulled a pistol on Bellary's mom yep. while everyone else had machine guns. He's just there being a pirate. I feel like he's the guy they brought on the ship. He's like an actual pirate they brought
1: on to consult. <laughs> they Shane him. How do we. <laughs>
2: they anti Shane Hyde him. They turn him into not a pirate. Uh. No, he was just, they're just like, crap, we need one guy. Hey, you want to make like 50 bucks? <laughs> I mean, Ida like fails her fly check, like Jeremy said, and just kind of like...
1: Well, she flies f- uh, straight into an oncoming elf bullock and takes damage on the shield, and is like, that was but a flesh wound again, and engages in aerial combat. Ida lands on a mountain, not realizing that it's not solid, and barely catches herself with her
2: rifle. This is the weird one, because like, the... We, we already know that the G-Arcane can fly. Why is she having difficulty floating above this cliff?
1: Everyone has mild difficulty flying in this, and I don't understand well, why. In this
2: particular one, it's gravity being a mild menace again, but it shouldn't be a mild menace here. It was, yeah.
0: And at least like with the elf bullocks, they can explicitly only fly when they're in their uh, mobile armor form. So they're just following his mobile suits, which is kind of like cool conceptually. And makes Mask seem more impressive, but.
2: And Mask is like, wow, the odds of us running into each other are astronomical.
1: Uh, I, I thought he was going to say like, the odds that I was on the random encounter table
2: for
0: this. <laughs> <laughs> he knows. So like, all right, let's sacrifice the Montero. It's outlived its
1: usefulness. <laughs> we sold out. There is no Clem Nick to climb into it.
2: Yeah, why don't they have another guy to drive it? Are all the rest of their pilots dead? (laughs) Is it just that one dude in the Grimoire left?
0: I can confirm that is not the case.
2: (laughs) So apparently Ida has gotten up onto a rock and is attempting to help fight.
0: Well, Mask fights Unmanned Montero. And And does worse
1: than he does against (laughs) Klimnik.
2: Well, he does punch its rifle in half. Uh,
1: But in return, it punches the arm off the elf bullock. Belry
2: is attempting to list lazily to the right, not yeah. knowing that that is not a particularly good tactic.
1: Mask goes for a punch, and Belry backwards kicks him.
2: It's actually pretty cool animation.
1: <laughs> it's more like Mask
0: runs into his leg, but <laughs> Belry just makes sure it's there, right?
1: Uh, anyway, it- Mask starts calling out for bananas. I'm saying, sorry, Barara's. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: Barara. I'm sorry, we forgot to talk about Bararo
2: and we and over all the characters. That's because she hasn't existed yet. This episode sure <laughs> doesn't treat it that way. I guess Ida puts a round into his leg so that he starts crashing. (laughs) And (laughs) Bellary kicks
0: the Montera around so it's going at him again. Like this is some sort of tower defense. Unfortunately, Barara hits it with a barrage of gunfire (laughs) and takes it out.
2: So Mask is apparently crashing as we cut to the eye catch.
0: Yeah, through this tense moment of Mask about to crash if Barara
2: can't save him.
1: But who, we don't even know who Barara is. As far as I'm aware, he's just shouting well, random things.
2: <laughs> Barara could be just a new model of Efrug. Uh,
1: I, I thought it was uh, his specific god of su <laughs> No, i said
0: it's a new model of Naredo Nug. Or of <laughs> Manny, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Hey, it's your weird uncle, Tyler LaFlaga, telling you to continue to listening to this, the podcast, after this, a brief message. Do you ever get tired of not having enough nerds to talk about mecha anime with? Well, do I have a solution for you? It's our Discord, which you can find linked off of our website, www.lastpodcast.com. It's over there in the Contact Us section. There's like a button you can click. It's just an invite. It's a permanent invite to our Discord. Also, this is normally where I plug our Patreon.com slash Where, for $5 a month, you can get all of our episodes early, in addition to some bonus content. It's almost bonus content season for September, so keep an eye out for that. Obviously, only head over there if you feel like supporting the show and have the means to do so. We are... In my opinion, probably one of the least important podcasts you can be giving money to. But we definitely appreciate it, and it does help us keep our equipment in working order. Thank you uh, all so much for listening once more. um, Let's return to see what happened to Mask's spine after a very gentle love tap from a beam rifle. Cut back from the eye catch, where the G-self is going in for the kill, but then the cockpit opens and he's like, I can't shoot it if I know there's a human in there.
2: I can only target cockpits, but not when I can see there's somebody in it. See,
1: and this is, I think, G-Reco up to its G-Reco again,
0: that we are supposed to have intuited that because Bellary has killed Delinson, he is now reluctant to kill people, because he hasn't been aiming for cockpits since then. And here is where he's like, Ah, a person, I can't shoot if I see a person, as Mask starts to bail. Why don't you have, like, a parachute? (laughs) That's a great question. (laughs) Like, he just, like,
2: jumps. Tom Cruise is his favorite historical hero. <laughs> like, just flat out jumps into the air, no guarantee, no nothing, as he's trying to like land on the frog. So Bellary breaks his back like bane
0: by nudging him with the beam rifle towards the F-Rug that Barara is in. And this is gravity, I should say, at maximum menace. <laughs>
1: Uh, so he's diving towards the F-rug, and the pilots are like negotiating about how to pilot the F-rug so that he can land on the back of it. Use
2: the brake. You know, it seems like it might actually be safer to um, you know, have stayed aboard the Elf Bullock and, and just gone do down. This, yeah, try or to at the crash very land on it. Just crash land in the Elf Bullock <laughs> <laughs> instead of. Breaking all the bones as you crash into the frog. And getting a horrible concussion. Anyway, Buddy
1: Ear, like, knockoff diva, pops out of the cockpit. Oh, that's Barara. (laughs) That's Barara, yeah. She's pink, much like a Naredo Nug. And she's like, hey, you're going
0: to have to chill out here for a while while we ride ourselves.
2: She kind of is, like, now Mask has his own Naredo Nug. Like, she kind of does look like Naredo.
0: Yeah, if she said that was Naredo's big sister, we would all buy it, right? Yep. In a heartbeat? Barara Nug. (laughs) Does that make Manny (laughs) Rariah? I would love to see Barara just chasing Manny around on the deck. (laughs) That is not their relationship, I regret to inform you.
1: Um, No,
2: I I think I know what their relationship is from Super Robot Wars, but...
1: (laughs) I'm sad that this isn't Manny instead, because I think that would be more interesting...
0: Knowing what the relationship becomes, I think this is more interesting, but I okay. get where you're coming from. Barara is the most character- Like, g Recco is the show where things just happen, right? I feel like Barara is the most that to me. <laughs> She's here now, and we will be. she will be here going forward, and uh, there'll be no explanation of where she came from. She wasn't with the
2: Kuntala squad before, doing, like, I mean, cool high fives or anything. It makes sense to me- that she's just kind of here because we saw the Cantala squad got wiped out. So like her being a new recruit functionally and being inducted into like a reformation of that makes sense. And since mask is by and large, a secondary character and our like a kind of an antagonist, we don't need to see everybody that is joining his team. So him to just have a new person is perfectly fine. It just
1: kind of comes out of nowhere. Um, I, but I,
2: since she has character design, we know she's probably not going anywhere, yeah. at least for a few episodes. She's in the
1: conga line at the end, so...
2: <laughs> that too. No, it, it occurred
1: to me just now, this is why they kept that scene of Belry running into a wall and then him complaining that everything's a
2: maze. That was actually commentary on the show. <laughs> uh- <laughs> it was a warning. So I presume that Barara was actually supposed to be the one piloting the other mobile suit that was on the back of the frog, but because, <laughs> Lou, because Mask was like, hey... My nemesis, I have to attack it. He just rat- rushed out of the f into <laughs> and just left. <laughs> yes. Belry apparently lands really hard, causing Steer to tell him that he sucks and he, puts de- he put dents in the deck. And his mom's like, oh, is Belry actually very bad at this? And Steer
0: has to overcorrect his, like, maybe he's tired from fighting. I, don't I-, I know. feel
2: like it's one of those situations where it's that kind of, like, relationship where you're talking to your buddy and they do something like god damn it dude you suck at this mm-hmm. But and then their mom is right like, next to you but in reality like they're actually really good at it but you can't not give them shit <laughs> but in this case because his mom is standing right there she's like oh is he actually really bad at this and everyone's like no because the captain has like a grin on his face when it gives us a shot of him
0: the captain has always got a grin on his face or a confused
2: look as he exposits confusedly, <laughs> something he said previously. <laughs> or he's got a look of anger usually regarding Ida. Fair. And oh no, we've been ambushed by wrecked snows. Uh, but it turns out they're friendly, you can tell because they're incompetent. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, this is also some ghibli ass shenanigans with these wrecked snows who <laughs> put their arms up as they are being threatened.
1: And hey, it's Curbs. So anyway, Curbs gets out and he's like, hey, I'm the one your mom called. Um, I hate the Capitol Army, so we're here now.
2: Well, it is kind of a situation where I get the feeling that Bellry's mom is kind of the Capitol Guard's boss. She's kind of the commander in chief for the com- for the Capitol Guard.
1: She kind of mentions this later, and it's less that and more that she is kind of like one of the head religious figures, and all these people are faithful SU Cordis. Like they're used to taking orders from her because she tells them where to drive the batteries,
2: <laughs> but. <laughs> But yeah, they asked Curbs about the elf book, and he's like, fuck if I know.
0: So anyway, Bellary, did you join the Amerian army? And he's like, well, they won't give me the rank of lieutenant, so I'm still in the Capitol guard. I'm just physically here.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And Curbs is like, you're the lady pirate. I can tell because you're a lady and a pirate.
0: (laughs) And she's like, thanks for coming. He's like, yeah, if the director herself calls me, of course I'm coming.
2: Along with some balloons. He brought dummies, which is actually kind of fun. And does more or less indicate that Kerbs is able to think ahead in a way that most of the other characters we've already been introduced to kind of don't seem to be able to.
1: Kerbs has been vaguely competent, just not an amazing pilot.
2: I like how he's like, just follow that one right there, and Steer is all kinds of, like, delinquent, who do you think you're talking to? And he's like, roger that, I'm out of (laughs) here. And he just leaves. (laughs) Causing, um... I had his dad to ask, are all the capital guard like him? And I get the feeling that it's a situation where it's like, Curbs is a special case. <laughs> the
1: others aren't that competent. They don't have names. Oh, I was uh, assuming that they were talking about how happy-go-lucky they was. They wanted him to Curbs' his enthusiasm.
0: bellary is also that. Does he, t- does he just take after instructor Curbs and everyone else <laughs> takes after Dellinson?
2: Yeah, that would actually track. And uh, they found a very small hangar that they apparently are going to fit in there. Finn, put back. Uh, <laughs> I just love that. Turn your measurement off.
0: Hover jet landing. There's just great English. No, again,
1: it's, it's straight up English.
0: Again, I want a uh, steer soundboard.
2: I mean, in a way it makes some sense because, again, it is very normal for that to relay orders and such like that so everybody's on the same page. I, I don't understand that part there because, like, through all of this as they're entering this hangar space – like, the captain has his hand on her, sh- on Steer's shoulder. She's he's doing like, This is this. a delicate
1: operation. I want to, like, overlook it.
2: And then, like, yells- as they're coming in and she says, like, the hover break thing, then he's like, Oh, God, like, I'm good. I-, I don't have Moose powers of sexual harassment. <laughs> uh,
0: so they take a small shuttle out past some lemurs
2: and see all the
0: guys that they brought for the decoy
1: operation.
2: I think they have, no, they, have, they all have the photon batteries. They all have new photon batteries, which is what, uh, because Curbs tells us that's what they're carrying.
1: As well as air balls, none of them can play basketball.
2: They're also bringing water balls. What are the air balls good for? Oxygen? Air.
1: But why? In space, need air. I Yeah, th- there has to be a more efficient way to transport it than a bunch of balls.
2: The air balls are basically filters. So you ha- the way this world works is you have to, in order to get air that is breathable for space, you have to bottle it up. Put it in a bottle of filters, and then like s- install it in the back of the of the mobile suit that you're using. But plastic bottles wide. are against
0: the taboo, so they had to <laughs> put them in
2: bottles. The- oh. Yes, which is why you can't. Uh, which is why everybody always flips up their visor, because every time we see them with a the closed visor, they're actually just holding their breath. Oh, then when they, they get in get the some... mobile suit, then the water or the air ball can turn on. Yeah, so they, they can too-
1: have some good air balls. Yes, yeah. because
2: they're too big to fit in the in the uh, actual spacesuits. <laughs> Yeah, no, this that is... makes sense. I think this is the stupidest explanation I've ever given for anything. <laughs> no, I've ga- I've got to have given stupider explanations in the past.
0: So Naredo's like, "Hey, Rariah, my house is near. You want to come for a sleepover? We can
1: invite Manny." Um, and then Rariah fixates on that for the rest of the
2: episode. <laughs>
1: anyway, we get some
0: logistics about the distribution of photon batteries, which is Ray's mom's job.
1: Um, I do like that Bell's like, "Well, as soon as the batteries get on those trucks, that's the end of her job. She's basically useless."
0: Then we cut to Mardi Gras, because uh, it uh, turns out that the capital territory is Japan taken to its logical conclusion, where of six-day work week, and then you party the hardest you possibly can. Well,
2: I mean, first we got a shot of a guy drinking a bottle. 80 It's the PO 80? Well, I don't know what that's supposed to
1: be. Maybe it's Saint Poe? I don't know. So
0: Bellary's mom tells them they can't bring any mobile suits, and the like, but the capital army are doing it. And she's like, yeah, they're like a bunch of gangsters. I have not permitted
2: their mobile suits. <laughs> Well, we have to move through Mardi Gras. Like, Ida seems to have a little bit of trouble with the shanks, and then. She's a bad pilot, Zach. Mick Jack took all of
0: her competence. But she
2: was perfectly fine. Mick Jack took all of her competence. She drove it before, and she was perfectly fine. It's all on
0: the Armor Zagon.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say they loaded three things onto that Mick Jack, Clem Nick, and all of Ida's piloting skills. Um, I do love that it is just Festival constantly all weekend.
0: I love that Ida's dad is like, man, this is like a party, debauched society. And it's Bellary's mom, all prim and proper, who's like, no, they work hard. They deserve a day off. <laughs> this is normal. They should be working at maximum efficiency six days a week at all times. So I expect them to be this debauched when they have a day <laughs> off. Then we get the shot of customs with Bellary's mom getting Ida and General Suragon papers and passports. Because she's by the book, you see.
2: It is actually kind of a fun little, like, aside as to explaining why they are just able to wander around here. Cut to... Colonel Kirtle... Recipa's orgy?
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, you can tell he's really letting loose because he's down to just his ruffled undershirt.
2: <laughs> and uh, he's on the phone, and some, like, drunk chick is like, Hey, can I call my boyfriend over? And he's
1: like, I already told you, you can invite whoever you want to the orgy.
2: Anyway, <laughs> tell Mask well... to
1: take a break. <laughs>
2: Well, like, you could see behind him, like, through the window, it's all women. Yeah, well... So it's, not an, it's not just... It's not Colonel Kampa's orgy. It's Colonel Kampa's harem, apparently. He doesn't seem interested in them, though. He only likes to watch. It's the
0: status symbol thing. <laughs> uh, it's, it's just like a fancy car, only it's a bunch of drunk women. <laughs> so he tries to arrange a meeting between Mast and Commander Jugin, But unfortunately, the guy's like, yeah, no, I'm not calling Jugin until the weekend's over, dude. And he's like, these earthnoids suck taking a whole day a week off.
1: Bah. And, and this is where I thought, oh, I bet he's from space. Because what,
2: what? he says the Earthnoids belong on a list of things that should go extinct. Yeah, no, it, it seems very spacist.
0: Well, it's Earthist, right? Yeah, no, that's fair. Cut to the Vatican? I make that joke too often. Cut to, oh man, what's the fancy shirt? Cut to the Sophia. The Haiga Sophia, where the Pope is being beseeched by the main characters and...
1: Bellary's mom i was like hey what can you tell us about the threat from space Th- this is the most we're in a jrpg scene i think we've had so <laughs> she's far like,
2: this is funny to me because she's like tell us what's, what you know about the threat from space hi it's naredo nug <laughs>
0: <laughs> What no one has told us is naredo nug won miss capital territory three years in a row before <laughs> this and is a minor celebrity here so anyway the pope and naredo have a conversation
2: <laughs> Bell reappears confused, and Ida is also s- seems to be confused.
0: The tope is like, what were we talking about? Oh, yeah, how Capitol Tower will never be destroyed by anyone.
2: Um, Not really what they asked.
0: Which is what Ida says. And he's like, throughout the regular century, it has been the mercy of SU courtism that has allowed the Capitol
2: Tower to operate. I mean, I'm seeing an awful lot of limbo and jinking and juking here. Not a lot of answering the question. Oh, do- It gets better
1: in just a second. Don't you worry.
2: So Ida's dad is like, hey, uh, it doesn't say that
0: they won't destroy us, though. And he's like, oh, man, to live on Earth, do you have to start by explaining how air works. That's obvious. Did you just think photon
2: batteries naturally occurred, that we plucked them like fruit up there? (laughs) Well, we can't uh, disassemble them or repair them. They just blow up. And anyway, uh, it turns out Ida gets her
1: ideals from her dad, who is also against energy monopolization. And the Pope is like, oh, no, monopolies are super cool. Not liking monopolies is bad, actually.
2: Yeah, Well, it's because he has the
0: monopoly. It's like, look, you remember when Netflix had the streaming lights to everything, and you just paid seven bucks for a Netflix subscription, and you could watch whatever you wanted? Because they had a monopoly, and now you have 50 fucking different services, none of which i uh, have anything you want, and you pay twice as much of them? Is that what you want, General suragon <laughs> Do you want to pay twice as much for half the
2: photon batteries to
1: 16 <laughs> different people? Uh, but then enter Kumpa Rosita, who is also going to not answer a bunch of questions.
2: He has gotten fully <laughs> dressed up. You know, the so way I- he is, like, stalking forward here in the way his cane is positioned, I legitimately thought he was going to, like, draw a sword on them.
1: <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh, it's very ominous, but I think it's just supposed to imply that he's old, Maybe. The
0: first question he doesn't answer
1: is,
2: "I'm sorry, hey,
0: isn't that your day off?" And Ida's like, "Ooh, I have a question. Do you know about the Res of Hermes' blueprints?"
1: And he's like, "Well, that sure is a cool name."
0: <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry, sorry for interrupting
2: Pope. And in Bellary gives us a little bit of uh, backstory on him. But and then <laughs> Curbs runs in. And is like, "Hey, we're coming to take all of the the, uh, the teenagers under twenties.
0: <laughs> hey, all of the competent people and Ida. We have a we have a situation." <laughs> And I was like, "Hey, Bellary's mom, take care of my dad."
1: is super into this. She's like, "Oh yeah, action time!" <laughs> like, Meanwhile, cut on to the awkward ass tableau where everyone stares at them, except for Koopa, who stares off to the side, and the Pope, who's just gazing at heaven. I guess <laughs> it's
2: so some... weird because they're just like, "Hey, we need all the teenagers to come with us." And the Pope is
1: like, "What? Now's now's a t- good time to pray, I guess." But he's <laughs> not wrong, I guess. But
2: and that's the end of it. Like. That's what we end on? It was such an awkward tableau. Why did it we was, do that? Well, it's such an awkward cut, too, because, like, Rosita shows up. There's no real indicator that, like, oh, no, they, the Capitol Army has surrounded the building or anything like that. Curb just runs in and is like, hey, Bellary, I want to show you something. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone leave. Teenagers with me. Adults stay here. You're useless in Gendam. Come on. Uh, I want to show you the sick 360 no-scope. <laughs> Clearly,
0: nothing is getting exposited in here. Let's move the story along. (laughs) So, yeah, what did you guys think of this one?
2: I mean, there are some points I kind of liked here. Obviously, the introduction of Barara, we don't know her deal yet, but obviously, she kind of needed to be introduced somewhere. But, man, the chain of I'm not answering your question at the end, and then the way the ending finishes up and just curbs running and being like... Yep, I'm taking your peoples. It's like, huh?
1: There's almost a political intrigue, and then, like (laughs) Jireko, it just ends it with action with no questions answered. I was going to ask what you thought of uh, Barara in general. Um, Specifically, I want to, like, I'm taking a barometer of it. No, there's, like, a lot of stuff I like about this episode. I actually like pretty much their entire, like, slow travel time in, and that gives us a surprising amount of exposition, which I think is direly needed. At least I've wanted it a lot.
2: I mean the interaction between Belry's mom and Ida's dad is kinda handy. I like the little like side reference of them having to stop and get the by the chickens and the fish and buy a long distance phone call. I like the kind of side things in that, but they then they run into the random encounter of a mask, and even more than most it feels just straight up like a random encounter. And uh,
1: yeah, and then it ends with basically no change to the status quo and then uh, what, get- there's a barrara now.
2: And And his elf elf bullock is gone, therefore Mask will be getting a new ride in the next episode.
0: And the Montero is tragically barraged. (laughs) That is,
1: I forgot about the Montero. Uh, That's okay, there was no Clem Nick in it. He was the important part of it all along. The real Montero (laughs) was the Clem Nick inside all along. (laughs) Do you have a high point, Tyler? What is my high point? It's going to be just because I think it's like a very humanizing scene. Belry's mom getting spaceship sick And, uh, Ida's dad, like, offering her the paper bag and then, like, them talking logistics while she's, like, trying not to throw up.
2: I just like that scene a lot. Zach? I think mine might be when Curbs shows up. Because I really liked the fact, you know, how Curbs was acting around it and just being so happy-go-lucky and all that. And everybody being like, are they all like that? (laughs) Just him and Belly. I think
0: I'm gonna go with Maximum Menace against Mask, <laughs> aka Gravity. Now he's dead six times in that scene, but it's also like the most tension I felt in Grecio of him bailing out and Bellary having to poke him on and him <laughs> nearly getting on, and then like being like, "Hey, we
2: need to break." Well, I don't know that he's guaranteed dead, mm-hmm. but he definitely has several broken bones and a concussion. That's what the mask is for; it
0: protects him from concussions.
2: Oh, it, it gives him <laughs> plus plus five. Uh, Bonus against concussion damage. Also, yeah.
1: he can't be blinded by
2: monsters. This is true. Because, like, even when Bellary, like, nudges him with the rifle, that doesn't necessarily. <laughs> because it's in the same direction he's already traveling. So, it's not like he's just smacking him with it. So, like, I could see I that. I do want to edit but... it
1: to make it look like he's just smacking him, though. Do <laughs> <laughs> you have a low point, Tyler? This is actually a lot harder for me, but I think it's going to be just Ida's general incompetence, specifically her landing on the mountain. And then being unable to fly and hanging on by her rifle, which somehow got lodged on the mountain. It's not confusing in terms of, like, this is what happened. It's confusing in, how did this even
2: happen? It's confusing in the, also, why did this happen? Why is this currently still happening? Sure, the uh, the mountain giving way? Okay, fine. Gundams, mechs, heavy shit. And maybe it was just a weakened point on the mountain. But she can fly.
1: Why is she hanging? In her own words, why am I being useless? Yeah, um
0: conceptually and meta wise, there are way bigger problems with reconquista in G, but if we're going for specific moments, that's a serious contender for low point of the series.
2: Yeah. Zach. I think I might have to give it to that ending because it doesn't end like on a tense moment. I think it wants to think it's a tense moment, but like Rosita showing up, not answering questions and then apologizing to the Pope. And then curbs running in and be like, yo, I need all the under twenties with me. Like what? Like, I it, it would make a lot more sense if Rosita showed up, and when Curb storms into the building goes, you know, I, Bellary, I, you guys gotta come with me, the capital Army is surrounding the building. Or, like, anything to give stakes to it. Especially because, like, the adults are just like, oh, I guess the children are gonna go off and play. I thought- it's like, what the f- Like, because even Rosita- I mean, Rosita wouldn't really be able to stop him on his own anyway, but, like, he just kind of stands there and watches. Bellary's mom and Ida's dad are just kind of standing there, it's like- Is there a threat, or did you just find like a. Is it this a. uh, You guys want to see a dead body situation? (laughs) Like. Now I wish
0: Rusina, like, held out his leg to try to trip them, and we saw (laughs) Raya just
2: vault it. So it's just such a weird accumulation of things in that scene that made me just kind of go, huh? What's your low point for this one, Jeremy? Uh, We kind of talked
0: about it a lot, but I don't like how Barara is just here now. You made a lot of good points about it, Zach. And I think a lot of it is just, I want to know more about her and where she came from. And some of this is knowing that we won't get more on that in the future since I've seen it before. But it really feels to me like they just had some pink seeds back at the <laughs> Capitol Army and poured some water and instant cantala. You go be masked sidekick. We don't eat you anymore.
2: <laughs> I mean, I assume we got some more about her later on. Her first, like The first appearance of a character like this, I'm okay with not getting a whole lot of information about them. Because they're just, okay, this character exists. Neat. We're good to go. But I do need to know more about them later. You need to do that kind of homework. Do you have an MVP, Tyler?
1: It's surprisingly hard for me this episode. Uh, come back to me. I'm going to think on it a little bit.
2: Zach? I want to give it to Steer. She does
1: do some expert maneuvering.
2: But I don't think I can, so I think I might have to give it to... I think I'm going to have to give it to Bellary, as boring as that is.
0: I'm going to give it to Barara. She takes out the Montero. She saves Masks' life <laughs> with her fancy flying. That's about it.
1: I think I'm actually going to give it to Bellary's mom. Um, I like. I just liked all of her character moments this episode. She, every time she was on screen, I'm like, this is actually amusing. This is entertaining right now. And also, she negotiated for fish, presumably. <laughs>
2: Not really. They just were like, hey, we want these fish.
1: I assumed it happened off screen where she tampered with his calculator.
2: (laughs) No, that would be against
0: SU
1: courtism, Tyler.
0: (laughs) Or was she like, no, you can't use a calculator. It is taboo. And then (laughs) they were able to outsmart him because of that. I
1: was going to say, she has a pocket (laughs) abacus. Uh, That's how she determines all the shipments. Do we want to add the Montero to our mobile suit list
0: since it exploded?
1: We didn't already? Yeah, I'm actually surprised we didn't. Let me double check. But I'm I
0: thought sure. we had. Nope. We've been adding stuff pretty quickly and we haven't had a chance to get it on there. I almost like the Montero, but I feel like it's pure blue color scheme really holds it
2: back. It needs some highlights at the very least. I think I agree with you on that. Like, I like the overall design of the Montero, but the fact that it is just
1: blue. I think also the fact that it's dark blue is hurts it a little bit because it's actually pretty hard to like make out its silhouette. Like, it blends into itself. In a way that I don't think it would if it was a lighter color. How do we think it compares to the k sith I definitely prefer it to the k Um, It's got the cool javelins. It's got the... Wh- what? Does this thing have a whip? Or oh, do only the grimoires have the whip? No, okay, he's, yeah he's got it. Yeah, it can use the javelins as like stupid beam shields. It's got a Klimnic. Um <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I do no, actually remem- like
2: Remember the rule for, for judging mobile suits, Tyler. He he climbed out before mm. we ranked it. You got you a picture of them being driven by Riku.
1: Uh, by still, the plank of wood. Still better, this thing actually does some cool stuff, even if it is being driven by Riku.
2: <laughs> I mean, I think I agree with Tyler. I think I'll, I prefer it to the Kate Sith. Probably not as good as the Armor Zagan, though, which he left on. Yeah, I would also agree with that one. I think the Armor Zagan's a bit better. Pure
0: it's green cool. just looks better, but I think a lot of that, too, is that like even though it's pure green because
2: it has the angles on it, there's co- well, color it's, highlighting it's not, on it's it. It's not pure green. Like There are some different... like. I guess it is pure green, but there are different shades of green on it.
0: It reminds me a lot of the Wyndham, actually, with its, like, kind of wings. Mm.
1: I think I prefer the Wyndham, actually. Just, like, in terms of design, I like the armament on the Montero a lot better, but I think I prefer the Wyndham.
0: I think I prefer the Montero because I like those, like, weird
2: shoulder binders that it's got. So, Zach, I like both of them pretty well, but I think I have to go ahead and give it to the Wyndham because you can still see some of, like... The strike in the Wyndham, and I think the strike is just a better design to begin with. So even its weird malformed children are also still a bit better than the Montero.
0: <laughs> How does it compare to the Elf Bull? I think I prefer to the Elf Bull.
1: I think I I like the concept of the Elf Bull a lot, but like the actual execution, I think leaves a lot to be l- desired. So um, I think I agree. It's Montero time. Probably not as good as the RX seventy eight. Nah, not even close for me. But... No, no,
0: I agree with Tyler. Probably not as good as the CeraVe Gundam.
1: Yeah, that's actually a lot closer. Is that his second one?
2: Uh, Yes. Yeah. Yeah, the Virtue is the first one, so yes. Okay, yeah, I I think I agree with you. I think it's worse than the CeraVe.
0: Better
1: or worse than the Destroy Gundam? Worse. Mm. Counterpoint, better.
0: Uh (laughs) (laughs) I think worse. Um, The Pure Black works better for Destroy, and also it's got coloring on it. So final question, better or worse than the Elf Bullock?
1: (laughs) Just the regular Elf Bullock. I think better than the Elf Bullock for the same reasons I think it's better than the Elf Bull.
0: All right. The Montero goes at number 79 above the Elf Bullock and below the Destroy Gundam.
2: What a
1: weird spot
2: we've created. <laughs> uh, is the, El- the Elf Bull, the Elf Bullock, and the Montero, are they all in the same place? Yep. We
0: just got to throw all the, uh, all the grunts from this series in there, except the cave Sith, which goes at the bottom. Man, we haven't done the Grimoire or the Wrecked Snow yet, and there are so many more mobile suits. <laughs> I mean, guys, so Jeez. many more.
1: Who boy. Yeah, I'm actually curious to see where we're going to put the grimoire at some point. Um, I assume we've seen everything the grimoire is going to do.
0: Like, yes and no. Like, what have we seen a grimoire do?
1: Um, It's also got a beam whip. Get shot. It gets shot a lot. They've got weird heads. For
2: whatever reason, I feel like the grimoire red beret is actually pretty high. Low 50s? I was just looking at it.
1: It's number 55. It's got a red ferret beret. So
0: it's top quarter. Incorrect. We only have
1: 163 on here.
0: Top third. <laughs> One out of three ain't bad. All right. I think that'll do it for this episode. Join us next week when we'll be talking about episode 10, Escape from the Territory.
1: <laughs> also certainly a title.
2: But important to ask, what direction are they going?
1: Um, I assume north. <laughs> is up a direction. Oh, yeah, that's fair. Um, they're going on the Z axis.
0: Listen to us and we'll show you how incompetent we are.